welcome to a brand new series of me covering contemporary English poets. This time we are going to dive into Keki Darwala's poem. A little bit background info on him. When one thinks about a poet who features the contemporary Indian socio-political world, the picturesque Indian landscapes, legends and myths, one can't help but think about K.K. Darwala's poems and short stories. He made a significant contribution to the development of Indian English poetry. He is one of India's greatest English poets. He has substantially broadened and enhanced the scope of Indian English poetry in several ways. His poetry strength comes from his use of symbols, pictures and metaphors as well as from craftsmanship that is considered to be creative and flexible rather than mechanical. Under Orion, Attrition in April, Crossing Rivers, The Keeper of the Reed and Landscape. are some of his greatest poetry works. In 1984, he was given the Sahitya Academy Award for his lyrical abilities. In 2014, he was also given the Padma Shri, India's fourth highest civilian honor. Kiki Daruwala was born on January 24, 1937 in Lahore. His father was a lecturer at Government College Lahore. It's worth noting that when he was born, before India was divided. Unfortunately, his family left undivided India in 1947 and relocated to Junagar before the division of India. He later returned to India, settling in Rampur. As a result of his upbringing in numerous schools and languages, he had encountered and acquired a variety of languages. While pursuing his skills of writing, he served a renowned career in the Indian police service. Pretty surprising, right? Well, poets can be hidden in very plain sight. Furthermore, he became the special assistant to the Prime Minister on International Affairs. Subsequently, he was in the Cabinet Secretariat until his retirement. You can see his experience often reflected in his works. Under Orion, his debut collection of poetry was released in 1970. An apparition in April, published in 1971, earned him the Uttar Pradesh State Award in 1972. Following that, the Oxford University Press published his third book of poetry, Crossing of Rivers, in 1976. His poems have appeared in several anthologies of poetry. He has been published an anthology of modern Indian poetry titled Two Decades of Indian Poetry in English, which spans the years 1960 to 1980. In 1984, he received the Sahitya Academy Award, of which we did speak earlier. Crossing of Rivers, his third volume of poetry, contains poems with the Ganges as a dominant theme. In the poems, the river comes to life as a mythical and spiritual presence with various primeval 
theological and emotive overtones as well as a physical reality symbolized in nature and all its forms. The first poem in this collection is Boat Ride Down the Ganga. In all of his poems, what's noticeable is the way of his poetry is self-explanatory and personal, even therapeutic to some effect. What's further worth noting is that his poetry stands out among many Indian English poets for bringing a breadth of experience to poetry that is typically not associated. His experience as a cop has undoubtedly aided him in this regard. With irony and cynicism, he depicts the present Indian socio-political scene vividly and minutely. Despite this, he exposes the evils of communal tensions, rioting, exploitation, grief, political criminality, dowry, and so on with so much ease that one can just admire. He also discusses the breakdown of villages, communities as a result of migration. Daruwara's poetry is full of references to love and sex. In the Unrest of Desires, he recounts his early marriage experiences. He's also a very well-known poet for the colorful and scenic depictions of North Indian landscapes, the place where he grew up. Its rivers, hills, meadows, and pastures are all also shown in stunning details, painting a very vivid picture in one's mind. The painting, The Gagra in Spade, depicts the dreadful characteristic of riverscapes. Nightscape, riverscape, mudscape and other visuals can be found in his poem Crossing of the Rivers. His poetry is also renowned for its use of stories and mythology from distant eras. He freely utilizes terms that allude to Hindu, Muslim and Parsi religious ceremonies and beliefs. Thus his poetry excels with many characteristic of Indian sensibility and depicts secular India's complete religious culture. This is all we need to know about his poetry and his background for now. Let's return with episode 2 in which we will further analyze one of his poems. Until then, goodbye. Hello and welcome to another episode of Contemporary English Literature. In this episode, we are going to analyze Keki Taruwala's portrait along the Ganga. Let's listen to the poem first. Filling into the motorboat at dusk, we scour along the waters upstream. Slowly the cart amputator unfolds like a nocturnal flower in a dream that opens its petals only at dusk. Palm leaf parasols sprouting like freak mushrooms brood over platforms that are empty. Outlines blur in the apocalyptic gloom as the panda points out, this is way. I listen avidly to his legend talk, striving to forget what I chance to see, the zebra mouth chained like a cannon. On the river's flank, it is as I feared, hygiene is part of my conscience and I curse it. 
and curse my upbringing which makes me queasy here and while the pandas calculate the amount of merit that occurs to you at each specific card you cross the wires bowing your head to the finality of fate behind the heat haze rising from the wires objects shimmer dance levitate you face reality on a different plane but that vibrates behind the veil of fire there's no levant no one journeys here to end up beating his breast this must be monus learn from the river is the former ring of shadows within whose embed fish flash and substance burn this is the first poem in the book crossing the rivers what's interesting to note about this poem is how the poet refers to the bank of the river as amphitheater indicating how everything is a drama here stanza 1 as well as the lament referred in the last stanza can be referred referring to can be uh, tied back to the apocalyptic gloom that the poet talks about there is a kind of gloom or emptiness which is caused by sudden loss We also note notice how the poet talks subtly about pollution as he says the sewer mouth chained like a cannon on the river's flank he says that it is as if you that he cannot concentrate on one on what the pundit is saying to him but his full attention goes to the amount of pollution the amount of waste the industrious dump in the river he cannot neglect that further further down the poem we notice that the poet focuses on how short a human life is and yet we tend to do so much damage on everything around us he talks about how short our life is when he says that we bow our head to the finality of fate no one chooses to come to the ganges river at this certain part of the ganges river by their own wish if they want they would happily not go that side but then the pandit tells him that
at each specific guard you cross the fires. In a way, all the guards could specify each stages of the life. And the last stage is obviously death, and that's why that is the last stage that the pundit takes the poet to. And in a way, the poet also takes us on a journey from when he talks about dusk, and then we talk about dawn right at the end of the poem. The image in this poem is very vivid. We can easily picture the poet sitting on a boat right in the beginning of the poem, then traveling down the river, looking at the pollution, the funeral pyres, the pundit explaining him various things, myths, legends. And then at the end, we could also easily imagine the funeral pyres burning and people beating their breasts. As, as I have already said, that KK Daruwala is really good at creating vivid imagery, especially Indian imagery. And this is exactly what he did in this poem. This is all for episode 2. Let's get another one of his poems in episode 3. Welcome to another episode of Deep Dive into Indian Contemporary Literature. We are looking at one of my favorite poems by K.K. Daruwala in this episode. It's a very short one, so it won't take long. It's called Bars. It goes something like, If you want a cage, my dear, you do not have to look far. If you want to feel hemmed in, you'll be hemmed in. Look for scars, you'll be full of scars. Even light can turn into a cage. The cage of light has seven bars. Yep, that's all it is. Moving on to the analysis part. This poem, uh, in my opinion, this poem reminds me of Taylor Swift's song, this is me trying where she sings they told me all of my cages were mental so i got wasted like all my potential how our own psyche tends to limit us let's talk about what bars symbolize in the first place first bars in literature symbolize something that holds one back restrictions basically and restrictions can be of various types physical or emotional or even societal in that case Therefore, the poet says if you want to be restricted or to use the term he used, hemmed in, you will, be hem- you will be hemmed in. You don't have to travel far as our culture itself restricts us a lot. Forget our culture, even we ourselves tend to self-sabotage our own dreams and aspirations because we are held back by fear held back by our own experiences or lack of it furthermore it's interesting to see how light usually uh, represents something good or godly has a negative intonation here he says even light can turn into a cage if we dive 
too deep or read too much into it one can see this in slight also represents knowledge it is implied in the poem that even knowledge is confining this is this is absolutely true as labels tend to suffocate people and labels can be used to bully people this can lead to lower self esteem or in worst case scenarios even suicidal conditions another way to look at the light metaphor is how the bible has seven commandments thus seven bars also there could be a modern interpretation to the seven colors line in the poem the lgbtq plus community symbol is a rainbow colored flag this is just a modern interpretation so since it's written in 2002 it might not stay true but stand true but it's poetry and everyone has their own viewpoint and opinions and it depends on one's experience on how they read a line how they understand what the poet wants to say so this is it for episode 3 i know it's pretty short one but we'll be back with another long poem for episode 4 Stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the last episode of Diving Deep into Contemporary English Literature while we're analyzing Kiki Tarawala's poem. I cannot read the entire poem for this episode because it's a pretty long one so I'm just going to read a part of it where there's just one stanza which I really like from his poem Underwater Notes it's about a dream that he had it goes something like this I'm alone in the house it is warm but I feel cold The doors swing open across the years. For someone who has no ancestral home, who doesn't have the long shadow of the past of his hair, homecoming gets distorted. Time squints, space wobbles, and the wizard encoded as it is remains undeciphered. That's the end of this chanza. Trust me when I say that it's a very long poem and this podcast would go on for at least 20 minutes if I had to analyze the entire poem. So basically what he means to say is that at least in my opinion he is trying to decipher his dream but as most dreams are we cannot decipher our dreams dreams are considered to be a gateway to our soul our subconscious and via our dreams we often get signals from our subconscious saying this is going wrong in our life we need to make changes so as we can see he says that i'm alone in the house it is warm but i feel cold so just to put juxtaposition of warmth and cold is well placed in such a way that we understand that how he feels in himself he is he knows that he's supposed to feel good
good in his body but it's not the home that he he refers to is not his home as such like his physical home but his own self his own body he feels warm he feels love towards it but it's not in our dreams we often tend to venture into an uncharted territory where sometimes our traumas stay hidden from our own selves sometimes we don't even realize that we went through some things that we did but our brain decides to hide that information from us so he says that the doors swing open across the years he says he has no intergenerational trauma which can be seen in the line for someone who has no ancestral home who doesn't have a long shadow of the past but yet he say this indicates his him thinking that he has no trauma from his past but little does he know that he still has it it's just that his brain is trying to protect him from the hurt that he will experience if he remembers the things that he went through his home is distorted but he doesn't know why time squints the space wobbles but he cannot understand why what's happening is happening again it's a dream so he cannot be 100% sure of why what is happening because we never know what happens in our dreams so this stanza of the poem is as weird as it gets but we just get a glimpse into his psyche and what's happening what's going to happen throughout the poem this is like a tiny trailer into the whole poem so if you want to go ahead and read the poem sure do it it's an amazing one it's called underwater notes by kk darwa kk darwala thank you so much for sticking with me for four long episodes i'll be back soon with some more see